0: Welcome back to another edition of the Goat Zoom Room, specializing in Royal Ascot. We are coming up on the Friday, um, the penultimate day of racing. Um, it's a big day, two grade ones, the Coronation Cup and the Commonwealth Cup. Big, big races. I'm Caitlin Free, joined as always by my co-host, Annie Villanueva. Um, we didn't have a podcast last night. Andy and I were both kind of tied up with some other things. So we'll just kind of do a quick recap before we go through tomorrow's races so I'd say today was probably maybe like the weakest racing when it comes to Royal Ascot I mean of course you had the big gold cup with a huge upset um subjectivist getting up over Stradivarius um Stradivarius finishing in fourth pretty far back and I mean he had a really really tough trip was boxed in probably a ride that Frankie would like to have back but um not a lot Otherwise, other than that race, pretty unremarkable day. The ground was a little icky after some rain. So handicapped with caution for tomorrow's races, it'll still probably be a soft to yielding surface. Um, Andy, what did you think of subjectivist women?
1: I'm I'm kind of happy he did. I, I thought that if any horse was going to be Stradivarius, it would be him, especially with the fact that I think he's much more inclined to run two miles and run it without any sort of problems and that's what he did today. I'm not really upset about the way Stradivarius ran. I think it's more along the lines of you know, I think I think if anything this meet has shown is all these horses are being tuned up to run at Royal Ascot all of a sudden. So you have horses that you don't think should fit are all of a sudden condition to be fit and run so i think it's one of those things to where the horse was fit the horse was ready to go and you know it was the first horse out of the dubai races out of that dubai world cup night that ended up coming back and actually running to form so that was kind of nice to see
0: yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, thought Stradivarius maybe did need a little bit of a race. And, I mean, this is two and a half miles. Horse usually runs between two and two and a half miles. So it's it's the, on the longer end of his scope. Um, so this was quite an ask, you know, coming up off the bench kind of. And like I said, this was probably a ride that Frankie wanted to have back. I'm wondering if they will end up taking, taking subjectivists onto the Melbourne Cup. I know that's something that um, – was previously discussed. I would really like to see him go there. Uh, European imports do particularly well in that race. And I heard yesterday Aiden no O'Brien talking about the way quarantine rules are now due to COVID changes with Australia and Europe. He doubts he will be bringing any horses for any of those carnivals. And I'm sure his sons are probably the same way because, you know, they train the rest of the Colmore horses. So. So, oh, Subjectivists may be going to move on to the Melbourne Cup, and maybe we'll see him over here in the States. Who knows?
1: I don't know. I don't know if they run a well, race long enough for him to, to be effective here in the States.
0: There's one race. Um, I can't remember what it is. There's one two-mile race that a lot of horses do come over here for. It's like a grade two. I can't remember what it's called, though. It's at either Belmont or Saratoga. I think it's at Saratoga.
1: You just run it. I thought they ran it.
0: Maybe they did. I'm not sure. I I forget what it's called.
1: I mean, it's kind of like at the worst spot time of the year to run it if it's actually like right now, because horses. horses, Yeah. These are gonna the lower, the lower end horses probably likely could come over, but I mean, you would have to have a lower end horse that fits the criteria and. Um. You know, uh, there's a reason why it's a short field uh, when you go two, two and a half miles.
0: Very true. Well, moving on to the races tomorrow. Up first is the Group 3 Albany Stakes. Six furlongs, two-year-old fillies. Um, where are you looking in this race? I, I have a particularly strong stance in here, um, even though this is a pretty big field of 15. I... I went with number 12 prettiest. Um, I really, really liked her race last out. She's won over softer ground. Um, I obviously love her pedigree by Dubawi out of Alice Springs. That year, these horses that are now two, this was the first time that Coolmore sent some of their best mares to Dubawi, kind of bridging that gap with Godolphin. So I really, really, really like this combination. I really like what she did last time. Um, She's a fresh horse. She loves this ground, so I don't see anything wrong with her.
1: I, I, I mean, I have her in my write up, right? My analysis. Of it. I don't think she's, she's my third, third selection in this race. I do like her. I mean, she, her dam, her her dam finished second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf to catch a glimpse back at Keeneland in 2015, but. I I went back and I looked at Flotus's race, the six. Go back and look at it. That race is nothing short of impressive if you really look at it. Um, she didn't break out of the gate; it was her debut effort. She ended up n- waiting until midway through the race to to make her run, and then she kicks clear to win. Um, to me, that's something that's just I that that catches the eye quite a bit for me as far as that's concerned i also kind of liked elliptic elliptic but the reason i like elliptic is because she'd be quite uh quick susie who came back to one of the queen mary stakes uh two days ago so you know i think it's a solid field i think you know you could probably pick four or five horses and you would be you would probably be on the same page with most of them
0: Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page as you. I really looked at those too. I thought Flotus, her last race was very, very impressive. Five lengths back to the second place horse. That's a lot for two year olds only going six furlongs. So moving on to the group two, King Edward the seventh stakes for three year olds only.
1: I thought it was a VII stakes. Okay, got it.
0: (laughs) Which is the seventh. Yeah, I know. Hmm. This was a tough race for me. I decided to go with Yabir. What about you?
1: Um, I What about me? Um, <laughs> you know, I like Yabir, but I'm going to go with the one, Gear Up. Okay. Uh, he's, giving, he's, giving three, three pound, he's giving up three pounds to everybody else because the condition basically states that if a horse has won a race, uh, a grade one race since August 21st, 2020, you have to give up three. You get a three pound penalty and everyone else is running at 126. And he's the only one that has a grade one win. And that was in the criterium de Saint-Cloud. Also, I'm going to throw out that kazoo derby effort for whatever reason. He just didn't fire. I know he needs to lead a little bit or needs to be near the front. And the horse you like, your beer, also needs the lead. So, I mean, it could set up for, for somebody else, but I'll go with gear up at 7 to 1. I mean, you can't go wrong with that horse.
0: No, absolutely not. Um, he's got a, actually a pretty interesting pedigree. He's got um, an American-bred dam, a Tossit dam out of the mayor plaintiff, who is the daughter of Kentucky Oaks winner Dispute, so... Very interesting pedigree here. Definitely fits the distance. The Mediterranean is another horse that is interesting to me. These Coolmore horses, they don't really do a lot, but they just like kind of just fit because they're the Coolmore horses. So um, out of the Gurkha, who has been eh, decent as a stallion, but not great. I don't know how much longer he will last with Coolmore. but um, DM is a half-sister to Lawman, pretty impressive stallion over in France so this horse is definitely bred decently but um I'm pretty much in agreement with you you beer and gear up I like gear up at a price for sure
1: yeah I'm not I'm not really fun on I mean I like Alan Carr Alan Cor, however you pronounce the name um I like him but and I know I, I kind of understand why he's three to two because he did beat a dar Adiar uh who turned around and won the kazoo derby but I don't know whether or not that was just one of those things to where he just he just got the better of him that day. You know. The Derby
0: was just a weird race. I'm I need to see how horses run out of that race because I'm almost willing to throw that race out entirely. I just I did not like that race. I did not like the setup. I didn't like the horses, and I thought it was a particularly weak running of the Derby. So I mean, we'll see what happens, but I just wasn't that impressed.
1: Yeah, I mean, but but at the same token, you know, I really I, I think I think you can beat the favorite here. And I think I think we both can agree that it would be it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibilities that a big shot comes in here and wins.
0: Oh, uh, for sure.
1: But man, I would rather see a horse at least try graded stakes grade one or grade two races before trying to great uh, trying this race. I mean, that's just me, but, um, you know, he, he ran well enough, you know, the classic trial to to come back. But, you know, I kind of like both. I like your horse too. And I definitely like mine. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the first grade one of the day, the group one Commonwealth cup for three-year-olds going flat six furlongs. Um, this is a this is a really, really good race. La, uh, Breeders' Cup winner from last year, the Lear Jet is a long price in here. I still haven't given up on the Lear Jet. Um, he's not as good as he used to be, but 50 to 1 is a decent price on the track he likes. Um, I do think former Royal Ascot winner Campanelle is going to be tough to beat. She's shortening back up. She finished five links behind Aunt Pearl last um. In the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. I just think she's more suited for these sprint distances. She's training really, really well. Um, I think she can get the job done.
1: So, question for you, right? Yeah. So, all awards horses have been training really well here at Ascot. Mm-hmm. None and none of, of them have won. <laughs> none of them have won. And my biggest concern is you're getting to the end of the the week, and this, I I don't, I haven't seen Friday's entries yet, but man, this would be disappointing if he doesn't win. And I don't think that Philly is going to (laughs) win. I just don't. I, I just think that her best races were earlier in her career. And, you know, she doesn't have a prep race and he's just bringing her right in here. And I mean, if you're right, that's great because at least we look like geniuses. I actually like a Philly uh, called Miss Amulet. She ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly turf uh, at Keeneland this, last year, finished third to Aunt Pearl and Mother Earth. And Mother Earth is in uh, the race in subsequent next race. You know, she doesn't do anything wrong. She just runs a race. I, again, you know, I'll give her a break off of the Karag a thousand guineas because i think maybe she just didn't want to be there and hopefully she fires today and i don't think she deserves to be 20 to 1 I, that's just my opinion um obviously i also like a horse called supremacy you know there's another one where you kind of have to kind of give him a give him a pass off that race it in april and hopefully he comes back and runs a better race because he's he's run he won three in a row before that so you know, there's a lot of good horses in here that could do it. Um, I saw the Learjet. I'm like, you know, maybe he runs well today. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, it's I don't know what happened to him. He's
0: I don't know what happened to him either. I I really liked him in the breeder's cup too, and he's just not the same. Um, another horse that I noticed in here that's kind of very similar to Miss Amulet, like you talked about, is sacred, comes out of the Kipco. One thousand guineas at the Curra um, only was beaten by four and a half lengths by Mother Earth, and I think that um, she wants to shorten up and trip as well.
1: I I agree with you on that one. I think she's she definitely she definitely uh, could be a pro could be worth a big look. I think mm-hmm. a lot of these fillies that are you know like Swayza, who's what nine to two. Mm-hmm. and undefeated yeah she's undefeated but she really hasn't faced anybody that you can say are monsters that would that would like tower over this field kind of deal so um I'm, i'd take a shot at the long shots here because i think the short prices are vulnerable
0: moving on to the second grade one of the day the group one poor nation stakes for three-year-old fillies seven furlongs um We have a really competitive field lining up between Empress Josephine, Mother Earth, November, pretty gorgeous, Prima Basio, and even Snow Lantern. Um, What are you thinking in this race, Andy? This one was, I really, really liked Mother Earth, but now I'm starting to give Empress Josephine another look after her win in the 1000 guineas. That was just, that was just such an impressive win. And she likes more of a give in the surface and she's going to get that tomorrow.
1: I'm going to first off. I always Mother Earth is like one of my favorite fillies, like mm-hmm. in training. Um She just she's just such a small filly, right? She's she's just compact. She just goes about her business, and she doesn't care who's bigger than her. She's just going to do what she can to to run a race, right? And she showed that in the in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile filly turf when she was twenty two to one. And I liked her that day, too. So, I mean, she's definitely worth it, worth a play. Um, The other filly I'm kind of interested in, and I need to see her before the race is um, pretty gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to see if she's filled out, because last year in in that filly's mile, grade one, man, she just towered over everybody. She was so big and just took her a while to get going and then when she did she just just basically intimidated everybody so i mean if she has that same sort of presence i think she's going to be tough to beat but then you got to basically what i'm saying is that you can pick like five horses here and you can be right right yeah um i'll go with the two english horse uh, i'll go with the two um english horses in here with pretty gorgeous uh, or per- Mother Earth and pretty gorgeous and Empress uh, Joel- Empress Josephine 3rd
0: I'm completely in agreement with you on that. So moving on to the Sandringham stakes. It's a Philly's Handicap for three-year-olds only going a mile. Um, Big field of 30 here again. We have a runner for Her Majesty the Queen and runners for basically all the big stables. We have a Japanese horse running plenty of cool horses a um couple U.S. entries as well so definitely a big field here um you know this one was really tough for me I- I've looked at it several times and I'm still just like not super confident on where I landed I ended up going with um Samut first to Michael Stout and Joe Crawley um she finished six length behind Lisa Gal and was fifth last out. Um, but I think she's going to get better ground. She's won um, on all weather and on good ground, so I think she's going to like maybe a little bit of a give. And she's won at multiple tracks this season, so she travels well. Um, this was this was a really really tough race for me. Where did you land?
1: first uh, first off i love the fact that we that these races that are written these conditioned races that are for 0 to 105 rated horses uh draw 30 horse fields because it's ridiculous and it's so impossible to to do anything but um you know i like i like your horse i really do um but you know what what would a podcast be if i didn't go against you And I really like Glessa Girl, Glessa Sorry, one last two races has have defeated some of the horses in this race. You know, she continues to show improvement. Yes, it's been on the uh, all on the synthetic. Yes, her turf turf form isn't all that much, but you know she's at least showing some. She's showing that she wants to win races, and to me, that's a big big sign with these types of horses. Um, Judmon has a huge shot with the horses they have in here too, but mm-hmm. I, I got to go with Glessigal because right now she's, she's just in better form than everybody else.
0: One that I did like to point out was star of Emirati, um, Oh um, yeah. for the Japanese stable. Look who she, uh, finished beating behind last out, uh, mother earth she didn't run super well but this is a graded stakes winning philly and at her price with john gossett and richard havlin um okay
1: yeah that's that was my deal right i i looked at her too i saw that she was dropping in class um you're not going to get 20 to 1 if you do get 20 to 1 run to the windows regardless Mm -hmm. because her form says that she's probably out of form but Third race off the layoff, Barn is actually placing, a minute, placing her in a good spot, trying to get her confidence back up. And if you go three back, she chased home pretty gorgeous in Mother Earth. So, uh, you know, she's faced some of the best Philly, Dubai Fountains, a Beale Queen. I mean, it's a who's who, basically, of, of Phillies in that race. So, yes, I agree with you. Star of Emirati is also one that you should have a long look at.
0: Moving on to the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. God rest his soul. Um, this is a handicap for three-year-olds and up mile and three furlongs. Um, big field here again, field of 19. I decided to go with Grand Bazaar. Horse was third last out behind Beal champion beaten ahead only at New Market. Um, likes a little bit of a firmer course, but I think he'll end up being okay. The other two I looked at were Quickthorn. And Raymond Tusk, Raymond Tusk has ran all over the world and has done pretty well. Um, this is a drop-in class for this horse. He's already won four times this year um, on all types of ground. So I think this drop-in class will be good for him. Gets James Crawley up. Um, he was second last or last out, only beaten by three lengths. So I think a little bit of a dropping class will help Raymond Tusk and the price is right too.
1: I went with uh, the grade three winner. At Rose Hill, favorite moon, fifteen to one. William Haggis, Tom Marquand. The horses that have been running at uh, that have last run in Australia and have come over here, come over to Royal Ascot, have run really well, and uh, you know they're they're perfectly placed. He's not trying to go up against tougher. Tougher competition. He's going to find out what he, what this horse is made of. And I agree with the other two horses that you said. I think both of those two horses are live, um, as well, but I, I can't say no to a horse that's 15 to one and is a grade three winner in the spot or a group three winner.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, I, I gave him a look as well. He would have probably been my fourth choice in this race. Um, well, let's go to the last one, the Palace of Holyrood Stakes. I believe this is a new race, five furlongs, three-year-olds only. Um, big field, field of twenty-five, no scratches, all run. Where did you lean in this race?
1: I went with a very lightly raced Boom Shala. She's won two straight, or he's won two straight races uh, for Roger Varian, and Roger's really good about. Taking his time with, with younger horses and allowing them to tell him when they're ready to run in bigger races. And I just think he's just going up the class ladder with his horse and, and trying to find spots where he can get him comfortable and confident enough to start winning bigger races. So that's why I went with him.
0: I like Boom Shala as well. He was on top for me. Um, the only other horse that I would really look at was Moselita, um, only because this horse has won at this distance five times on ground that's good to firm to heavy. So um, my only concern with Boom Shala is the surface. He likes more of a firmer course or an all weather, and Mostalita is going to get a um, ground that they like. So that would be the only one I would look at. O'Sheen Murphy is having a hell of a meet, um, but it's between those two for me.
1: You said the word hell. Now I have to, go and I have to <laughs> Oh, my it. gosh. We
0: might have I to have leave to, it out.
1: I have to click it and now say that it's, that it's, um, what you call it? Um, explicit. explicit. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing about, I really, really hope <laughs> that people understand that this, that, you know, you've been following Royal Ascot for what, five, six years, maybe even more,
0: like, 10, 10 at years.
1: Least since you were like 15, like since you were 11. Um, So, you know, I've been following, I've been legitimately following it for about six or seven years. And this is the first year where I continuously scratch my head after the results.
0: Yes, absolutely. It makes zero sense to me.
1: It's like usually by day two, I have I'm pretty much zeroed in on the horses that I know are going to fire And I have no problems the rest of the meet, but for whatever reason, and I mean, you know, some people would say, well, don't say that. Then people aren't going to listen to you. But the whole deal is, is that sometimes, sometimes the track just changes from year to year and horses that don't fit. You just have to re re look at how you handicap Ascot for next year. But I like, I, I like the horses that I picked this week and you know they just haven't fired, and it's frustrating. So. I felt
0: pretty confident about some of my horses, and then I've been very, very disappointed this week. I'm not afraid to admit I've only had like two winners, um, and they were short prices. I thought I was going to have a slam dunk winner today in Stradivarius. I wasn't even worried about it. Yeah, that's I mean- just how, that's just how this meet has been, and I I've never seen a Royal Ascot like this. To be honest with you.
1: And neither have I, I mean, you know, I think, I think somebody had, had tweeted out, you know, I followed Andy last year and, you know, I made buckets of money and I'm like, well, that's great. Awesome. Too bad you haven't done it this year kind of deal because it's like, it's like I'm waiting for the big pop and it hasn't come yet. Right. Yeah. It's like, when is the big pop coming? That's all I care about. Just Because one big pop is all it takes for the entire Royal Ascot meet to be positive. Right. That's what people aren't understanding. You could you could have all the winners in the world you want, but if you're not if you don't have second and third underneath it, it really doesn't do any good. So
0: I've had a lot of seconds and thirds this week. I had a lot of seconds and thirds yesterday, but just just not getting there. And I don't know what it is.
1: Um I blame Kyle. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Poor Kyle. I blame Kyle. (laughs) No. Um, You know what? It's just one of those years. It's just... It is. It's just one of those years. It's like, when was the last time we saw Royal Ascot have two clear days of no, no rain and then downpour? Usually it's the opposite. Usually it's downpour the beginning of the meet, and then near the end of the week it's your normal racing because it's starting to dry out this year it's the opposite so it's like okay horses that usually need need whatever it is that you fancy aren't going to be firing because of this you know the condition and now you got horse like Stradivarius I was actually surprised they ran them because usually usually the connections don't run them when it's like it like the track was today. Right, I mean, he scratched two two years ago. He scratched out of a race because of of the turf course. So it's I don't think it's anything you and I are doing. I just think it's one of those years. And we'll be back tomorrow, right? Yes. Are you still here? Oops,
0: okay. I muted myself. I'm
1: sorry. i <laughs> Like i'm like i'm just gonna cut that part out and leave it like that and just
0: (laughs) well that is totally fine we'll just leave it at that
1: no no i think it would be funny we'll you know make it look like you just hung up on me
0: (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be back tomorrow
1: we'll be back tomorrow all right um everybody have a good night and enjoy and Hopefully, you guys have some winning wins. I give a shout out to Fu Man Chewy, man. He's on fire at Royal Ascot. Um, You know, it must be the long hair and the, and, you know, whatever the wacky tobacco is out there (laughs) and
0: whatever else. All righty. Have a good one, guys.